Good morning. So good to see you. If you have your Bibles, Daniel chapter number two, all the children are dismissed if they haven't gone so already. As we continue in our series from the book of Daniel, the title of the series is called The Responsibility and Reward of an Excellent Spirit. The Bible says Daniel had an excellent or extraordinary spirit. And so we're looking at characteristics that made up such a man. God puts many of these men and women in the Scripture as good examples for us. As people that show us what God desires, what God delights in, so we can imitate their faith and we can learn from their example. This particular message is um, part two of chapter two and is called Daniel, a grateful spirit. A grateful spirit. Daniel never took the credit for all the wonderful things that happened in his life. But he was always quick to give praise and glory to God. And that's, and that's an important characteristic for a godly person to have. That we're not here to take credit for things, but we recognize the blessings of life have come from the gracious hand of a loving God. And we give Him glory and we, we pause to praise. And So if you would, let's read a little bit this morning. We'll begin with verse 17. This is after the news that all the wise men had been, um, well, they were about to be executed because the king had a dream and no one could solve the dream for him and he got angry and he was a despot and he, you know, when he got mad, look out, heads began to roll and that, that was about what was happening. And well, anyway, verse 18, Daniel returned to his house, explained the matter to his friends. Verse 18, and he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. And during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Verse 20, and he said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and disposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with Him. I thank and praise You, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of You. You have made known to us the dream of the King. Verse 24, Daniel went to the captain of the guard and who the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon. He said, don't execute the wise men. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Now, took him to the king, and the king says, are you able? I like this. The king asked Daniel, verse 26, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, no man, no enchanter, no diviner can explain to the king This mystery. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Amen? And and again, and Daniel went on to tell him his dream. And Daniel explained to him. Because the king had had forgotten the dream, but it so terrified him. And so Daniel not only had to interpret the dream, he had to actually tell the dream that he had and interpret it. And then if you go all the way to verse 46, you'll see at the end here. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he fell prostrate before the king. He paid before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented. 
And the king said, Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. And then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished gifts on him, made him ruler, placed him in charge of all the wise men. And Daniel requested the king appoint Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over. Now, the background is simply this. King Nebuchadnezzar, ruler of the Babylonian Empire, had recently come to power. He'd been um, on the throne for a couple of years now. He's at the top, secure on the throne. His enemies had been subdued before him, yet he can't sleep. He's got royal insomnia. He's troubled about what the future holds of the kingdom and all these other things. And he dreams a dream. And the dream so frustrates him and troubles him. It, it disturbs him. He can't sleep and he calls in all, all the wise men and all the, the, the enchanters and so forth. And no one in the palace can interpret his dream. Then we know from last week, the king gets so angry at the failure of these wise men to help him that he just orders them all executed. And he says, well, good are you? And now, word gets back to Daniel, because Daniel's not there at the time. Remember, Daniel is just a teenager at the time. He's, he's kind of new on the scene, and he's not yet in, in the inner circle there. And, and word finally gets back to Daniel of what's going on. You see, things are about to change. It's a beautiful thing that, you know, God uses teenagers. How many know that? Amen? And here he is, just a teenager, yet God is getting ready to use him, and things are about to change. And Daniel hears the news, hey, the king's he's going crazy. He's going to execute all the wise men. And Daniel's like, hold on, king, let's not be hasty. Give me some time. And I'm sure the Lord will show me what you dreamed. And so Daniel and his friends, they get down to business and they seek the Lord. And they pray and God hears their cry and God grants them their request. And then we noted how Daniel responded. The first thing he does when the answer comes, and this characteristic that makes Daniel so very special, he pauses and praises. He is prompt to give honor, credit, and glory to the Lord for the one who alone is worthy and deserving of it all. We use as an outline last week and this week, number one, Daniel's action. Daniel's action. But then secondly, Daniel's adoration, we'll focus on this week, his adoration. And then lastly, Daniel's advancement, his advancement. If we could kind of read the last page of the book first, because we won't get there by the end. Daniel's advancement is so precious, we just read those verses. When all is said and done, the king is bowing prostrate before Daniel, honoring Daniel and giving praise and honor to the God of heaven. The king is bowing low. Daniel and his friends receive promotion. They're put in places of leadership and rulership in the kingdom. And all the other wise men, they're preserved and they're protected. It's amazing how the righteous bring the blessing of God even among those that don't know God. 
All these beautiful things happen at the end of the story because this young man knew how to trust God in times of crisis. Four teenagers knew how to seek God in the hour of trial. You know, you're never too young to know how to touch God. It's never too early in life to know how to pray and get an answer. How to press in and touch the hand of heaven. It's a beautiful thing here as these teenagers seek God and God takes what the enemy meant for evil and he uses it for the good and God will do the same in your life. Your faith is able to bring the hand of God into your situation and what hell meant to discourage you and defeat you and to destroy your faith. God will use it as an opportunity to promote you and preserve you and show his glory in the midst of your trial. Can somebody say amen? Now, you know, when it comes to the Lord and to the Word of God, there is truth in advertising. You can believe what you read. You can expect what God's promised. You can be confident that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You see, not everything in this world is truthful in their advertising. How many know that? I read something this week. You know, most restaurants like to advertise about fresh food, quick service, quality. You know, it's dining experience. Well, Zagat reviews. Dining out tonight, choose your restaurant carefully. These are real reviews from the Zagat survey. One person writes, breaking bread should not mean you have to use the side of the table to break it. Amen. So much for fresh. Another one writes, The duck was tired, tough, and took 90 minutes to arrive. It must have been a long flight. <laughs> so much for quick service. And lastly, the chefs keep renaming and relocating the restaurant like it's a member of the Federal Witness Protection Program. So much for the quality experience. Oh, my. But, folks, listen, you can, you, you can believe what you read in this book. Amen? There's no false advertising in this book. You can read it. You can believe it. You can expect it. You can embrace it. God is not a man that he should lie, and he doesn't need to exaggerate. If God said it, God will do it. If God spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. You don't got to look here. You don't got to look there. You look to those things that disappoint, that frustrate, that were good for a season, and then they fall apart. But, oh, Oh, friends, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Is there an amen in the house? Daniel's action. The first thing he did was gather the faithful and they prayed. And they prayed. How you respond to crisis determines a lot about you, but also determines a lot about how God can work in your crisis. He's going to play off what you do. He's going to respond to your faith and your obedience. And we noted four things about this prayer last time. Four things about effective prayer. We said, number one, it was a prayer offered in faith. And we looked up all the scriptures last time, so if you need the tape, go ahead. Prayer offered in faith. It was a prayer offered in earnest. They meant business when they prayed. It was a prayer offered on the basis of God's mercy. They didn't come in their own merit, their own willingness, their own patheticness. They came mercy. To a God that is full of mercy. And it was a prayer offered from a pure heart. Because Daniel lived a pure life. 
And we looked at that. Daniel's action was prayer in the time of crisis. Faith in the living God. And his response kept him strong in the midst of the storm that tried to bring him low. And I love verse 28 when the king says to Daniel, Can you, boy, can you? Can you interpret my dream? Can you tell me what I dreamed? And Daniel, I love his response. He says, Oh, king, no man can do that, oh, king, but there is a God in heaven. There is a God that is able. Friends, listen, that is one of the greatest testimonies and confidences we have as sons and daughters of God. We don't have all the answers in ourselves, and we certainly don't know all the answers to every complex situation, decision, what's happening tomorrow. But we do know that there is a God in heaven who cares for us and watches over us. He answers our prayers. He provides our needs. He protects our walk as we go through this life journey. There is a God in heaven who loved us with an everlasting love. He sent His only begotten Son to die on a cross that we might be forgiven, that we might have eternal life. Oh, I might not have all the answers, but I know the one that does. He's a good God and He's a faithful God and He's acquainted with all my ways. His will for me is good and not evil and He loves me and He loves you with an everlasting love. Somebody say amen. Aren't you glad you don't got to figure it all out? You just got to know who to go to. In your hour of need. You got to know who to lean on when the pressure begins to get a little heavy. You need to know. Where can I go seeking a refuge for my soul? Hallelujah. Daniel's action. And now Daniel's adoration. Daniel's adoration. This is such an important quality if we're going to walk with God. A grateful heart, a humble heart, a thankful heart. When the answer comes, the first thing, that Daniel does is praise, bless, and thank the God of heaven. Now, now think about it. You would think, I, you might think, the first response would be, call the king. Hook up the chariot. Get word to the palace. Tell the henchmen. I mean, tell the guards. Put away your swords. But instead, Daniel is prompt and quick to pause and praise. And he prays the God of heaven. First things first. Throughout the life of Daniel, he's always remembering and acknowledging and honoring the one that he recognizes is the source of every true and good blessing in his life. The Bible tells us, James 1 and 17, that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And the Bible tells us throughout the Psalms that we're to give thanks for the goodness of God, the one whose mercies endureth forever. So as you and I walk through um, this journey of faith that we're all on, we endure its trials, we enjoy its triumphs. There's ups and there's downs. There's mountaintops and there's valleys. There's many, many times of happiness, but there's also times of heartbreak. But through it all, let's follow the example of Daniel. And let's not fail in our praise or become careless in remembering and acknowledging the Lord that has done so much for us. 
But for the grace of God, where would we be? But for the mercies that are new every morning, where would we stand this very moment? But but instead of being forgetful, like the psalmist, Psalm 34 and 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise will continually be in my mouth. Part of my character and part of my daily habit will be to bless Him and to honor Him and let others know the credit and the glory goes to the living God who's been real good to me. Can you say amen? Now, Daniel's adoration, it's a beautiful psalm of praise. And we can look a little closer and just highlight three things and only expound on one, but... Look, if you would, look one more time at verses um, 19. Verse 19, Daniel. During the night, the mystery is revealed. And Daniel prays the God of heaven. Verse 20, he says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. Isn't that beautiful? Your season can change real fast and God can change it. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and disposes them. He gives, not just that God is wise. Here's the good part. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. And you have made known to us the dream of the king. We notice, number one, he praises God for the wisdom of God. God is wise. Divine wisdom to carry out his plan. The dream and the frustrating, the exposing of the false. And divine wisdom to intervene and orchestrate things for Daniel, to work all things together for good. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, even the ugliness of man, God can use in ways to glorify His name because of the wisdom of God. Divine wisdom to reveal the unknown dream of the king and to use this circumstance to actually promote Daniel and to promote his name and promote his cause, the wisdom of God. And then there's the power of God. He says, for God, you are mighty and you are powerful. And the God we serve has power to execute and carry out what his wisdom has planned. There's power to do. Our God can do what he desires to do. His power is the ability to do what we can't do. To do things that that are overwhelming to us. But we have a God that is able. His arm is not too short. We're limited, but the God we serve is not limited as we look to Him. The power of God. It means God can do mighty things with your life and with my life. He's only looking for earthen vessels. And that means every one of us qualifies to be a vessel that the living God, the all-knowing God, the all-powerful God can use to glorify His name, to work His work works to touch his world what's impossible becomes possible when the living god is moving in a situation the wisdom of god the power of god the omniscience of god god knows all potential things could be should have been all things nothing can be hidden from him and he writes there in verse 22 how no darkness can obscure his vision of our lives what a beautiful thought that no night season, no hard, dark season can keep you from His sight, can separate you from His love, can distance you 
from His fatherly care. What a beautiful thought. What a grand thought. Now, we can take each one of these and make a series all by itself. The wisdom of God, the power of God, the omniscience of God. But we just want to, let me draw your attention, just one of them this morning that we'll focus on. And we'll look a little closer at verses 20, 21, 23. But God offers and God shares with us His wisdom. And to that, we praise His name. You see, the Bible teaches us that God is all wise. But the good news is not just that He's wise, but His wisdom is available to His people. We need the wisdom of God to really know God and to really walk victoriously in this Christian, um, this Christian experience. How many know mistakes are costly? And decisions are not always easy. And deception and confusion, they abound in this present age. But God offers us wisdom. We need wisdom to raise our children. We need wisdom to marriage our homes, whether it's finances or what to do on the job. We need wisdom to respond properly to the challenges and the unexpected things that life throws at everyone. We need wisdom to accomplish God's desire for our lives and stay on that path. Wisdom that flows from the omniscience of God, but flows into our lives so we can walk it out and apply it. The living God who knows the end from the beginning says, I'm all wise. I know what has been, what could have been, what should have been. I know every scenario. There's nothing hidden from my sight, but I offer you access to my wisdom if you'll seek it and understand how to apply it so you can use it to walk this life and enjoy the benefits and privileges of wisdom. The wisdom of God, that's the ability to apply God's knowledge into practical affairs. Earthly application of divine knowledge and insight and understanding. Everybody knows educated fools, amen? So it's not just merely accumulation of facts and knowledge, but the ability to apply them and walk with them in life. When we study the Scripture, we see that God's wisdom applied in our lives brings so many blessings and privileges and benefits to the child of God. I mean, there's protection and promotion and there's provision, there's direction, there's discernment and there's favor. And again, when we're talking about wisdom, we're not merely talking about life skills. Life skills. A lot of people want to take the Christian principles and be very humanistic with them. No, 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 no. We're talking, number one, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, Jesus is wisdom from God. In Colossians 2 and 3, in Jesus are hidden all the riches of God's wisdom. So when we talk about the wisdom of of God as a Christian. We're not talking about just how to, you know, how to become better in my business, how to all these. No, we're talking about something that flows from a personal relationship with the living God. How to walk with Him and please Him and be moved and led by His mind and His Spirit. And that makes a big difference. Can you say amen? All right, now, let's, let's teach a little bit. Wisdom is so important. Wisdom is so important that the Bible calls it the supreme thing. The supreme thing. The thing that ranks first. Let's begin, if you would, Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, and we'll start with verse 5. Proverbs 4, and we'll start with verse 5. And we're going to teach a little bit. Is that all right? 
some never make it out to Wednesday night. Well, it's Wednesday now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's all right. Now, again, how do we obtain God's wisdom? No good in heaven if you can't use it. Amen. And you have that tool in your shed. If you can't use it, I'm not going to help you when it's time to build. And so you can have access and privilege to all the great things of God. If you don't know how to acquire them and apply them, not going to do you much good. Amen? But the Bible shows us how to not only acquire the wisdom, but how to apply the wisdom. We only got a few minutes. We're going to walk through this fast. But let's look at it. The wisdom of God. Again, mistakes are costly. Come on, say amen. We're still paying the interest. Mistakes are costly. Still biting yourself. Why did I do that? Mistakes are costly. So we all know that, but I want you to say we can avoid a whole lot of mistakes if we avail ourselves to the wisdom of God. Jesus said it's abundant life. It's not just about shaking and getting excited, but it's learning how to walk with the living God in a very real world. But we can walk with His mind and His insight. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And that's for more than just doing, you know, it's for walking in the wisdom of God, for making good decisions, for having discernment. Jesus said when you walk with me, man, you walk in the light. You don't have to be stumbling. Remember what the Bible says? Get wisdom. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. It might not fall in your lap. You've got to get it. Amen? You've got to get it. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom. Don't forsake wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom will protect you. Isn't that wonderful? Don't get in that car. Wisdom will protect you. Don't go to that party. Wisdom just protected you. Don't date that person. Wisdom just, come on. Woo. She will protect you. Love her. Love her. How do you respond to the wisdom of God? If you love her, she'll watch over you. If you love her, she'll watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. The Bible said wisdom is of first importance. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, pearl a great price. Though it cost you some time and effort. Though it cost you some discipline and some making some priority adjustments. Though it cost, get understanding. You'll be glad you did. What's that? Esteem her and she'll exalt you. Wow. We see protection. Now we see promotion comes from walking in the wisdom of God. Esteem her. And she'll exalt you. Embrace her. She'll honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Listen, my son. Accept what I say. And the years of your life will be many. I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. Anybody ever make a wrong turn? Oh, man, you can't get back on the road. Oh, Lord. You ever doing it when you're carrying baggage? It's harder to get back on. Amen? Trying to set up a tent in Brooklyn, down there in Brooklyn by the um, Nathan's Hot Dogs, all down down the area, right? And, and bringing in the big trucks with the tent, bringing in those big trucks. I'm just riding shotgun. But the people that gave us the directions didn't give us the right directions. Because in the city, those trucks can't go under every bridge. So you can be like here and you can see the place right there. It'd take you 30 minutes, but you can't go there because straight past. You don't have to do so much re, re, readjusting and re-getting, but when, when wisdom. 
When you walk, okay, protection, promotion, progress, progress. Anybody like progress? I get so tired of two steps back, one step back. You know, that, so I'm just being honest. How about you? Can we be honest? And one thing wisdom does, when you walk, your steps will not be hampered. See, that's progress, right? When you run, you will not stumble. We'll hold it there. Go to Proverbs 3, verse 13 through 17. Proverbs 3, verse 13 through 17. Talking about wisdom, the importance of wisdom. Daniel prayed, oh God, you're a God of wisdom, but you've given me wisdom. And God will give His people wisdom. If we seek Him for it, we learn how to appropriate it. And wisdom brings so many benefits to our lives. Have you ever done anything? And then a month later, you say, what in the world was I thinking? Don't look at the person next to you. Look right here. You know, not safe to look at that person next to you. You, you picked them all by yourself. You stuck now. No. Um, but we've all done that, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. Sure we have. Wisdom wants to help us to avoid things. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom. The man who gains understanding. For she, wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire. You got wisdom, you can get the gold. But if you get gold and don't have wisdom, Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain but lose? Amen. All right, you got it. 16. Long life is in her hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways, the ways of wisdom. Because you remember in the book of James, the third chapter, he contrasts earthly, sensual wisdom with heavenly wisdom. So there's different types of wisdom in this world that we live. But God's wisdom her ways are pleasant paths. Pleasant. Her paths are peace. All right, let's, let's try to walk through this. I'll watch the time. Seven things, seven things to help us obtain God's wisdom. Number one, we should ask and believe for it. Ask and believe for it. If you would, James 1, 5 and 6. James 1, 5 and 6. Now, we've stated our God is God all wisdom, all knowledge. We understand that. We believe that. Amen? We see again and again where God says, I want to give my people my wisdom. See, that's one of the ways that God's glorified. When His people walk better than the world's people. Amen? I mean, we got the privilege of prayer and the mind of God, the promises of God. We ought to be a step above those that are walking in darkness. Doesn't that make sense to anybody? Right? And that's what God says. So, so the first thing, very simple... If I want wisdom, if you want wisdom, I'm going to ask and believe for it. I'm going to ask God. Already asking God has humbled me, and that's positioning me for the blessing of the Lord, because God gives grace to the humble. So actually, in prayer, when I pray with a sincere heart, it is positioned, even before I ask, just the fact that I'm praying has positioned my heart to receive from God. But I'm going to pray and ask God, because I want God in on this. I may not miss I need help, Lord. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe, because God honors faith. If any of you lacks wisdom, you lack wisdom? Decisions coming up? Situation you didn't see coming? Anyone lacks wisdom? He should ask God. Number one, we're going to ask God. We're going to ask God. But you know the way you handled it last time might not be the way to handle it this time. David learned that, didn't he? Right? One time the enemy came and David led him. Next time the enemy's coming again. David said, hold on, we better get the mind of God. Because the same strategy might not work this time. And he sought God. God said, no, now this time, this time. 
If you lack wisdom, ask God who gives generously. Hey, hey, God's not a Scrooge. Isn't that good news? Your, your father's not cheap. He's not a skinflint. No, 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 look at that. Generously. God says, I'm more than happy to lavish on you my wisdom so you can walk this life. He gives gent to all without finding fault. There's not a big lecture afterwards, so come from an Italian home, you get used to it. But anyway, um, and, and it will be given him. Let's go to number six. But when he asks, now here, here's some stipulation here. When we ask, he must believe or ask in faith and not doubting. Because if you doubt like the wave in the sea, you're double-minded. And God says, you're not going to hear too good if you're double-minded. Hard for me to speak to you. Double-minded. Double-minded. So number one, I'm going to ask and believe for it. Number two, I'm going to read or seek for it. Read or seek for it. Um, Psalms 19 and verse 7. Psalm 19 and verse 7 is, is the verse that we, we took here. The law of the Lord or the word of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The statutes, the scriptures of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise. Making wise. The, the, the word of God may, makes us wise. Amen? For in the word of God are the secrets of God and the principles of God and the insights of God. In the Word of God are the revelations of God, and God will show you how to be blessed. It doesn't always make sense in the natural. Give me 10% and you're going to get more in return. That doesn't make sense in the natural. But God says, I'm giving you some better stuff here. I'm, not, I'm giving you more than natural. I'm going to give you some divine. Forgive. How's forgiven going to set me free from this counselor I've been seeing in 20 years? Oh, because when you forgive, it's going to set you free from that thing that has you enslaved. Does it make sense? Oh, it might not make sense to the world's wisdom, but there is a deeper wisdom, and God has given us a book. God has shown us. So be a learner and read the book. It was Paul that said, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, says, Timothy, the Scriptures are able to make you wise until salvation because all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And the Scripture is good for your learning, your teaching, your instruction, your rebuking, your correcting, etc. So number one, I'm not only going to ask for it and believe for it, I'm going to read for it and I'm going to seek for it. I'm going to think on it. I'm going to get insight from it. Alright? Insight from the Word of God means you think about it, meditate it, apply it. Joshua 1 and 8, and God said, Joshua, I've given you a lot of promises. The greatest one is my presence that I'm going with you. I'm going to give you the promise. But Joshua, if you want to walk in this, you need to meditate on my word day and night. Because if you do that, you'll obey it, and that'll make your way successful and prosperous. The word of God. So, so, so read the book. And in other fields of life, the book, is the, the book is primary. But in other fields of life, read, invest, learn, go after it. Amen? There was an article or a heading that said you thought you had a bad day. And then the statement was this. I just finished reading my 700-page book for my law exam and found out I was reading the wrong book. How many know there are a lot of people out there, they're reading the wrong book, listening to the wrong voice. Therefore, they're not going to do good when the real exam comes. So again, let's get back here. We're going to ask and believe. We're going to read and seek for wisdom. We're going to associate for it, if you would, Proverbs 13 and 20. Associate for it. Relationships transfer wisdom. Relationships transfer wisdom. Associate for it. You want to hang with those that will better you and improve you, sharpen you, impart something good to you, that will challenge you in the right way, that will elevate you in the right way. 
as opposed to the bad company that Paul warns corrupts good character. As opposed to the ungodly counsel that the psalmist said, avoid them, avoid them. But here, he who walks with the wise grows wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. How do we like to say that? You can't soar with the eagles if you're trotting with the turkeys. You want to better yourself, find better friends. You want to elevate yourself, get with those that elevate you and don't bring you down. He that walks with the wise. There's so much can be imparted. Find someone better. Find someone stronger. Find some. Watch what your relationships and your friendships are doing to you. Watch how they affect you. They should be affecting you in that positive way. Number four, purchase it or trade for it. Pay the price for wisdom. Pay the price. What do you mean pay the price for wisdom? The the effort, the sacrifice, the intentional effort for growth. Let's look at Proverbs 4 and verse 7. Proverbs 4 and verse 7. If you have a college degree, you purchased it with your time and with your effort and with your sacrifice. Everyone has known people on the job that always took the easiest way, always want to do the least they can do. They don't promote. They don't advance. They don't put anything in. They don't get anything out. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it cost all. So you have to pay for it with effort. Come to the class. Read the book. Discipline your life to do the devotion. If you don't have insight in a certain area, well, find someone that does and glean from that and read from that. It costs. It costs. Pay the price for wisdom. Wisdom should have such a value in our eyes that we're willing to purchase or pay for it. Proverbs 2, 2 and 4. Proverbs 2. Two through four. And again, we're going to see the effort and the diligence in wanting to obtain wisdom. Got to desire it and got to be willing to put the effort to get it. Turn your ear to wisdom. Turn your, what are you turning your ear to? Apply your heart to understanding. Again, teachers know this. Now, apply. You see students that have great potential, but they won't apply themselves. Make you want to pull your hair out. They can do so well. You know they can do so well, but they just won't apply themselves. How do you think the Heavenly Father feels when He sees His children living subpar, not enjoying the measure of blessing He desires, and He just say, if they would just apply themselves, I give them my book, I give them my spirit, my, my throne of grace is open to their cry day and night. I want to bless them. I will. They can't come to church. Not applying your heart. They won't read the sport page for a half hour, but won't read a chapter a day. So the wisdom of God can renew their mind and get their heart. That's it. Someone says, that's why I don't come out on Wednesdays. Well, that's all right. We're having fun anyhow. Um, Proverbs 23. No, no, I didn't read it all. Turn your ear. Apply your heart. Next one. If you call out, call out for insight. Call out. Cry loud for under. You've got to want to grow. If you're complacent, you'll never get anywhere. 
in life or in the thing. You know that, right? On the job, you see them. They don't want it. They don't, they don't want it. They, they're here, boom. But in a Christian, if you don't want it, very complacent. Cry aloud. If you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure. You know, Warren Wiersbe always makes the analogy. He says, you know, we could walk from here to the parking lot. We can all find sticks, right? Sticks, right? Then your life. And your sticks in your yard, all right? So Miss, Sister Louise, always clean up them sticks. Get them sticks out. Keep that yard looking good. Sticks. Doesn't take a lot to get a stick, does it? No, not much effort. You stumble over sticks. Silver is a different story, though, isn't it? You've got to work hard to get some silver. The things of the Spirit will not come to the lazy, and they are not cheap. And if you want more of God, God is more than willing. God is more than available. But it will take an effort on behalf to search for it as silver, not sticks. Go ahead and say amen. Or ouch, whatever. You can can say that. Proverbs 23 and 23. Proverbs 23 and 23. Buy the the truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and buy it. Don't sell it. Don't sell it. We're paying the price for wisdom. Intentional effort needed to find silver harder than sticks. We're talking about paying the price. I must take the currency. I must take the currency of time, of effort, of opportunities to study, to attend class, to read books, to seek mentors, to seek mentors. I've talked with some people here. I know Brother Olin, and he would talk about the one brother that was a mentor to him. The one superintendent that lived here in his retirement was a mentor to him. But he sought him out. He would visit him. Brother Olin make an effort to go talk to him. What was his name again, brother? Brother Manuel. But you made an effort to sit at his feet. You made an effort to go see him and to get around him so he could pour into your life. You know, there's a lot of men of God around. No one gives them a time of day. Nobody, no one has a hunger to sit at their feet. When Lester Summerall would talk about being with Smith Wigglesworth and Brother Wigglesworth in the 80s and Lester just in his 20s. And he goes, now people say, oh, I'd love to sit with Wigglesworth. He said, it's amazing. Most didn't then. When I'd meet the old man in his 80s, he'd very lonely. And all those young preachers didn't have time to go sit at the feet of a man that God used to raise the dead half a dozen times. But they, wanted, but they didn't want to have the effort to seek his silver. But I have to purchase certain things in life. You get a degree. You're going to um, take the currency of time. The currency of, I could have been doing this, but i got to do that. The, the currency uh, of my effort, opportunity, to seek it and pay for it. And pay for it. Pursuing wisdom, laying down lesser things, sacrificing. The other day I was listening to... Um, Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, he'll be, he'll be a Hall of Famer. He's not ready yet. Um, Hall of Famer, um, tight end. Chiefs and the Falcons. I was listening to him. And Tony said, he said, um, in my first couple of years as a pro, I came out really highly touted. But he said, I didn't know how to work. I had no work ethic. Everything came too easy. My second year, they started benching me. I got benched two, three games. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame as soon as he's eligible. But they were benching me. And I had an epiphany. I just had to come to Jesus. I had to come to Jesus meeting with myself. And I said, man, you got this opportunity of a lifetime. You, you come from not too much. You come from a single mom working five jobs to get you by. Now you can make all this money and you're, you're benched. You're one step from getting cut. You better get with it, boy. He's talking to himself. He was, I began to study men in athletics that, that were more than conquerors. 
I began to study the work ethic of, of a Michael Jordan, uh, of a Jerry Rice. And it dawned on me, man, I've got to get my act together. I'm not putting in a fraction of the time that those, I'm not purchasing it. I'm not using the currency. I'm not taking the effort. I'm not putting a fraction of the time in for my trade, for my future, for the provision of my family that I need to. He says, I used to go to practice and catch 15, one five, 15 balls after every practice. After I began to study these men, the next year, year number three, I started catching 300, 300 every day for the rest of my life until I retired 15 years later. Every day, day and day, after practice, not 300, 300. Well, he learned how to purchase it. He learned how to exchange for it. If you want God's best, if you want to go forward in the life God's given you, you've got to be willing to pay the price for it. You've got to be willing to set aside some lesser things so you can purchase and embrace the greater things, regardless of where you're at. And we're not just talking beyond, even beyond our spiritual, just walk with the Lord, just growing in life, advancing in life. All right. Number, number um, five, we, we, we want to counsel for it, be counsel for it. We want to be teachable. Characteristics that help us be available. Best ability is availability, as they say. Be available. Be dependable. Be teachable. Be teachable. Can't be a know-it-all if you want the wisdom of God. Amen? A lot of people sat at Jesus' feet and never didn't accept what he said. They, they were in the presence of the Word. They were in the presence of the Son of God himself. But you know what? They didn't listen or they didn't want to accept what he had to say. Isn't that amazing? Yes, so yes. Um, Proverbs 13 and 10. Proverbs 13 and 10. I'm going to counsel for it. I'm going to counsel for it. Pride only brings quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Who take advice. Who are willing to listen. They're teachable. Wisdom comes when we're humble and receive counsel, instruction, advice, and correction. Again, you see people, you love to help them, they won't listen. You love to help them, but they know it all. So you can have the greatest wisdom before them, but they're not willing to receive it. Does them no good. Proverbs 11.14, Proverbs 11.14, For the lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors, counsel, makes victory secure. We're asking. We're, we're not, we don't have it all, so we'll ask. We, we, don't, we don't think we know it all, so we're willing to ask. We're humble enough to say, I, I might not see it from every angle. I might have not have all the wisdom. Would you talk to me? What do you think about this? To find someone that God has blessed in an area. To find someone that, that has been successful. What do you think? Counsel. Proverbs 9, 8 and 9. Proverbs 9, 8 and 9. I'm going to be teachable and counsel for it. Don't, don't rebuke a mocker or he'll hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he'll love you. Isn't that amazing? that the, the wise person can receive correction. Dangerous thing when you can't receive correction. That you can't be improved. No one can speak into your life. No, no one can help you. But we counsel for it. We counsel. What's verse 9? Verse 9. Instruct a wise man. Instruct. You can talk to a wise man. But you always want to learn. 
instruct a wise man, he'll be wise. He'll receive it. He'll listen. Because he wants to grow. He's got a desire to improve. And he'll be wiser still. Teach a righteous man. He'll add to his learning. Because they're teachable. They're humble. And they're hungry to go forward. So we counsel for it. We seek it out. We invite it in. We take advantage of those that God gives us access to. Mentors, teachers, gifted people, classes. There's a class. I'm going. I want to sleep in. Are you kidding me? This guy's going to teach a class. This person's given a seminar. They're brilliant in this area. They've got insight, man. Or at least by the by, kind of, you want to kind of read the book? You mean this guy that, that has done so much in life, you, for $25, you, you can buy 300 pages of his insights. You'll go by, you know, he's taking shake three times a week. And, and you know, sports center five times, you know, five times a day. But you're not willing? Come on. Hallelujah. I used to, I love men, I love men of God. Always love men of God. Anytime you need to go to the airport, Brother Shambach, I'm your man. I give me that. I have questions right here, right here. I have them in my pocket. I'd pray about them before I picked them up. I said, now I've got to get out of Dallas. Got to get on the main road. I got to ask him in the first five minutes, because then he's going to zonk out on me. And then, you know, I can't can't wake up the man of God on this two hour ride back home. But I had, I asked him everything. Yeah, you, you, uh, from casting out demons to, you know, just struggles of road life. I mean, you name it. I'm glean. Can you imagine the sin it would be to have access to such wisdom and not be humble enough or smart enough to ask it? You see, God puts people around and we're praying, God, help me. God says, look who I put around you. you take them out for coffee and glean. I used to take Pastor Beach all the time. Where are you, Pastor? He's retired. I'll, I'll pick you up. They take you out. I have a list of questions. We sit in three hours in some of these places. I'm taking a man of God. He was preaching in Cuba before Castro came to power. God used him in phenomenal ways. And God, I got access. I'll, I'll pick you up. Get you some lunch. I know he's lonely once he got retired. And I'm hungry for and knowledge. And you want to be around men of God, you see. And again, so you have to. I'm winding it up. Number six is fear for it. Fear for it. Um, let's look at Proverbs. How about 1533? Proverbs 1533. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom. It's just that, that reverent attitude of the things of God and, and the will of God and the word of God. The attitude positions me and aligns me with the heart and the mind and the perspectives of God in every area of my life. Fear of the Lord. That proper reverence. Um, Proverbs 9 and 10. Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if I'm not having a uh, reverence for God and a reverence for His Word, I can't even get in the gate of seeking wisdom and entering into this wisdom. The fear is the beginning. And wisdom is the supreme thing. So if I'm not reverencing the Lord and His Word, I, I can't even wade in to the riches of God's wisdom. And lastly, I obey for it, obey for it. Deuteronomy, you know, I'll go to Psalm 111 and 10, Psalm 111 and 10. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pass that one. That's too long for me to read. Psalm, Psalm 111 and 10, we'll do, we'll do that one. Psalm 111 and 10. 
I obey for it. Here's a, here's a principle in Scripture, and this might help you out. You ever feel like you're in a point of life where your tires are spinning? You're trying a lot, but you're not going anywhere? Right? I mean, maybe down here in the mud, up north, ice and snow. <laughs> not going anywhere. Push it a little harder, you know, dummy. You know what I mean? You're not going. Once they start spinning, you just you're going to spin, man. You're going to be able to get out and start pushing, you know. And and, uh, and so, all right. There's a principle in the scripture that to the extent I use something, God increases that something in my life. But if I don't use it, I lose it. Obedience. If I'm obedient to the wisdom I have, God will give me more. If I'm not doing what I know to do and I'm expecting God to give me, God says, no, 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 that's not how it works. The fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom, all who follow his precepts have good understanding. Follow those precepts. Obey, obey for it. Um, this what ha- here's what happens. Here's what happens. Disobedience, disobedience. What's the word? It blurs my vision. You're trying to figure things out. Just everything's cloudy. What's wrong? If it's cloudy too long, typically there's something wrong. Or my receptor, right? Got the antenna up, getting a bad reception. Why is there a bad reception? Is there something I'm lacking to do? Is there something that I know to do and I'm not doing? And though I'm looking for all this insight, God is saying, listen, these disobedience begins to cloud out my ability to hear. Disobedience um, messes up the signal from heaven. Can I say it like that? Interference. There's interference with the signal. I don't get a good reception from the mind of God when I'm consciously disobeying the good I know to do. Amen? All right. Enough. Hallelujah. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. God is a God of wisdom. And God wants to share His wisdom with His people. Daniel was known for wisdom and insight. God used him to discern dreams and visions and mysteries. But it's not just the great men like Daniel. It's the everyday Christian like us. That God says, my wisdom is available to my people. To help you make those decisions you have to make. To help you walk more accurately and effectively in life. Oh, of course, no one's going to bat a thousand. But I'll tell you what, our batting average can go up if we begin to do what God's Word said to do. Amen? And if we'll begin to uh, apply and pay the price and, and put in order the things God said to do in order to walk in this wisdom. It's available to you. Let's follow the path of God. I'm going to climb back up Mount Everest here. And... Um, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing, and we're going to let you go. But let's ask ourselves this morning a couple of things. Is there something in my life that I need to do to enter into a greater measure of God's wisdom? Are there adjustments that I can make to move into a greater place of knowing God and knowing that voice and having the mind of God? Daniel was a man of a grateful spirit. He knew how to pause and praise in the same way. Let's learn to make a habit out of honoring God and giving God credit for the blessings in our lives. But then let's also be men and women that are willing to pursue the wisdom of God so we can be better sons and daughters 
we can be better husbands, wives, that we can be a better example of a child of God in the midst of a fallen world. Would you stand, please? Would you stand? We're going to pray the blessing, sing the last song, and then we'll open the altar. If you need prayer, you are invited to come and we'll pray with you. If you're not sure where you stand with the Lord and you would want someone to talk with you and pray with you, then please, as we begin to sing, just make your way down. Someone will come and talk with you and pray with you. You know, you're not sure if Jesus is, you know, your Savior. If you're not sure that you've really received Him, well, you're invited to come down and someone will talk with you and pray with you so you can know that you know. But for the rest of us, let's um, remember our lessons and let's make up our mind. Lord, is there something in my life? Are there improvements I can make in my life to tap in to the greater measure of blessing that you have for me? I know you're a good God. I know you're a God of blessing. I know you're willing. Is there something on my end that I need to do so I can receive more, so I can walk with you more effectively? Because I want to, Lord. I want to be a better Christian. I, I want to walk in a greater measure of victory. Show me, Lord, there's things in my life. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of Daniel. We thank you for the encouragement, Lord, that, that we can have your wisdom, that you're willing to give us insight and show us how to navigate in this world, applying your word and applying your principles to our everyday life. We thank you, Lord, that you're there to help us raise our children. You're there to help us in our jobs and our careers. You're there to help us in all the various decisions we make when things come at us that we didn't expect and that aren't always easy to make. We thank you, Lord, that the Scripture shows us many ways that we can improve and we can increase in the wisdom of God. Father, take us to a new place of knowing you and walking with you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Let's sing this song before you go.